You are listening to the Next Play Podcast, the playbook for high-performing leaders who want to exceed their full potential. From walking on the Ole Miss football team at 5'7", 150 pounds, and earning a full D1 scholarship, to coaching thousands around the world and working with massive organizations like IBM, I've learned countless lessons that I'll be sharing right here with you. Join me as I interview some of the most successful people so you too can learn how to focus on always moving forward by deciding, planning, and executing on the next play relentlessly. This is Richie Contartesi, also known as Relentless Richie, with the Next Play Play podcast. And today I got an amazing guest. Uh, he is going to blow your mind away with some of the things that this man has done in the past year and in the past 20 years. His name is John Stefanik, and he is the vice president of bakery sales at J&J Snack Foods. Um, he started out as a baker and in 20 years worked his way all the way up to the VP level. And he's already asking what's next, just to throw that in there. And um, he did something really wild and something only people dream about doing. And that's that he got on the scale one day and he looked at the scale and he was almost 370 pounds. And within four months, he lost just over 100 pounds uh, and is down to what was it? Two, 357 or 257. I'm sorry. 257. It's insane. He did that in, here's what's crazy. He did it in four months and has now maintained it for seven is going to make it a lifestyle. So, uh, today he's going to talk about not only how he did that, how he worked his way up to the VP level and now how he uses what he's learned to lift up his team, uh, to continue to grow his team and uh, grow his people. So appreciate having you today, John. Uh, thanks for having me, Rishi. Absolutely. So let's just start from the beginning. You went to school to be a baker. Walk me through how you went from being a baker to looks like bakery training specialist, territory sales manager, Midwest region manager, director, and VP. Like, walk me through that journey. Uh, it started when I was 14 years old, Richie. I was, uh, you know, just a kid, wanted a job in the worst way, you know, in between sports. And local bakery was the only place that would hire me to uh, for under the table without any working papers and, and such. And I fell in love with the industry. Um, I've always liked to cook and bake. And so I went to school for culinary arts in a, an apprenticeship program, and the school was a, a highly recognized school um, across the country for culinary arts. So did that and found that I liked the baking side of it more. You know, the baking side, you got to work up to the holiday, killed yourself, but you had the holidays off. When you're in culinary side, it's opposite. You, you work through every single holiday and everything. So I stuck to the baking side. Um, had an opportunity to go to work for a company and um, as a bakery training specialist, getting to share my knowledge and, and help train and bring the next generation of bakers into the marketplace. And uh, through that, I had a uh, my director of sales that I worked under retired a year after I started and they didn't replace him. And I just kind of thought, well, if there's, they're not selling anything, there's not going to be anything to train on. So I just kind of took a price list, went out and 
started selling and, you know, I started reading and attending a lot of different seminars and whatnot to, to harness the sales side and have grown from there. You know, every time I, I get a little taste and I want more. So <laughs> that's really what has driven it up the ladder. Um, when early on, I didn't think that, you know, it was possible for a kid out of Western Pennsylvania in a little small town. Um, you know, so I, I had the mindset that there's only so many vice presidents in the, in the world. And, you know, I'm not going to fit into that small little class. And every time I took a step, I, I just said, all right, what's the next step? Cause I want to, I want to keep climbing this ladder. This is getting fun. It's the challenges that drive you. Um, you know, and, and as we talked earlier, I, I, I enjoy being uncomfortable. So yeah, uh, as soon as I start to feel comfortable where I'm at, it's like, what's next. Got it. Dude, that's a, that's a, that's a good way to live. How did you go from being a baker to sales? I know you said you attended seminars, but what were you, what made you say, you know what, like I'm gonna, I know the position opened, but what's, what drove you to say, I'm going to take this over. And how did you make that transition? Cause those are like completely different things. They are, but it's, it's really comes down to people. You know, when I, when I got into the sales side, it was, it was about building those relationships and making the relationship stronger because sales is easy. It's a product and it's a price, you know, um, but it's building the relationships and earning the trust and, and earning that respect from everybody that it, that's what makes it fun. Um, and that's where you have to learn the knack to, to really listen to people and, and uh, you know, connect and be able to carry that across the work part. Um, but, you know, it, it's life in general. You, you get to, I've made so many friends out of doing this across the country that, you know, it, the work part is the, it's the fun, yeah. you know, but you get those long-term relationships and that's, what's meaningful. That's what it's all about. hundred percent. So how did you get good at, but were you, were you just naturally good at relationships and building relationships? Was it just something that when you got into sales, you decided you were going to just, Hey, I'm actually really passionate about this. I like learning about people. I like helping people. How did you make that realization that for you sales, you know, product and a price, but for you, it was relationships and, and what was your strategy for building them? Yeah, I, I think that it's just, I've always had a passion for people and, and helping other people. So it was a way to, to do that. You know, you're, you're making a living doing what you love. That's the ultimate dream, right? Yeah. You know, I, I don't get up to go to work every day. I get up to go play and, and have fun. And the end result is the positive results in the, in the business, um, you know, and, and developing people. That's, that's truly what the passion is, is how do I help somebody else be as successful and happy in life as what I am, you mm -hmm. know? And, and that's what I try to do is I try to make sure that everyone on my team, you know, is aspiring to do that and push forward to better themselves, but have a blast doing it. For sure. And that's why, that's why you immediately went into a leadership role. That's because of that right there of the, of, because it, to me, it sounds like your why was always, Hey, I had success doing this. I enjoyed doing it. How can I lift other people up to be able to do the same thing? And yep. so that, that's, that's, I mean, 
and then developing leaders that's leadership so um so okay so walk me. Learn. say that again i said and i love to learn so you know when you get to deal with the the diverse groups of people and the customer base and the people that you're you're leading you know it just it keeps that knowledge flowing and, and you learn something new every single day from those people right right and you can take that and use it um I, I hate when people don't do that i hate when people are in manager leadership roles and they're not they're like oh i'm here i got it i'm good to go now it's like no dude like learning's yeah, forever dude. come on bro i definitely try to look at myself as a servant leader yeah cool so that what, what when you say servant leader what what is your vision of that what, what do you mean by that I need no kudos. I need no recognition for what I'm doing. I, I need my team to have that all. Mm -hmm. I'm here completely to support my team in accomplishing their goals, uh, which ultimately relate to the company goals. But, you know, I am here to support them. Um, I don't look for any of the credit for any of the results. It's my team has done everything. I am just a support person for them. Percent. You know, I heard, um, I can't remember who said this. It was a coach. Um, I love, I like, I followed to a T Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. I just think what they do is out of this world. And um, I can't remember if it was Belichick or it might've actually been Brady that said this. And he said, if we win, it's we. And if we lose, it's I. So like if the yep. team loses, it's my fault. But if we win, it's the team's fault. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's how you've, you've lived right like that's how you've gone up this ladder so quickly yeah i mean it, that's 100 percent true i think it was brady as much as it was pains it me being a Steeler fan <laughs> uh, <laughs> i uh it was tough to admit but you know I, I think it was brady that said that and it's it's so true you know um if if anybody on my team falls it's my failure yep and if the team wins that's the team's it's just yep. the team. They they they, they brought it. it. Yep. Okay, so you got up to this this sales position above the Baker role, but you've went up like Midwest senior ter territory, Midwest region, senior director, vice president. Walk, walk, walk me through that journey. Well, it, you know, it's been a fun journey and, and I'm fortunate to say that I've done it with the same company over all these years too. It's not jumping around. It's, mm. you know, and, and it comes from the passion, you know, and, and growing the business and understanding it. So, you know, as, as the business evolved, you know, we, it was a fairly small business whenever I joined the company and, it has grown to be about a third of the entire company. Um, so it's a, a very significant part. And as it grew, you know, I was able to grow with it and, and continue to take on new challenges. You know, I, I had um, some really great bosses and mentors uh, through that time that, that helped keep me pushing. Um, but like I said, every, every level you get, as soon as I start to feel a little bit comfortable, I start getting really itchy that I need to get uncomfortable again. I, I what's the next step? Where am I going? Um, you know, what can I do to to be better, to be more impactful um, to the people, to the company, to the business? Got it. How so? Talk me through some of these mentors that you have. Like, what what did they do with you or help with you to push you to grow? 
Cause you can't, you don't, you don't make a jump. A title's a title, but you don't make that jump until you become a specific person, right. To be able to handle it and fulfill it. Like, cause you can, they can give you a title and then in one year you could be out. Right. right. <laughs> that obviously didn't happen. So how did these mentors in your life or, or coaches, however you want to say it, um, lift you up and, and get you and help you to the next level? Like what, what did that look like? Well, you know, I, I mean, I will say that there's, I learned a lot of things that I should do, want to do. I also learned a lot of things from them I didn't want to be um, or do with, with my team, you know, so tried to, to pick the best and push aside the worst. And, you know, but like I said, I've, I've been very fortunate with the bosses that I've had. They've, they've had long careers in sales and in leadership roles. And, um, you know, they've instilled a lot of the good values and the open door policies and that servant leadership style. Um, you know, so I feel very fortunate in, in that fact, um, you know, and they pushed me, they, they, they knew, they knew to push me into my uncomfortable zones. You know, they, cause I'm, as you can tell, I, I do like to talk and <laughs> I am very open about all those things. And so I was open about what was a struggle and what wasn't with those folks. And they, they helped push me into the uncomfortable zones um, to keep me growing. Got it. And so I'm interested to hear like, what were, what were one of the one, I know you said open door policy. That's obviously something that's worked well for you. What was one of the things that you realized like you don't want to do with your team that, that somebody listening could be like, oh man, I, I got to stop doing that or I shouldn't do that. Or, you know, this could stop you from making progress quickly. Yeah. You know, it, it's, to me, it's really the approach to a problem. Um, mm. uh, throughout my career, there's been, I I've witnessed some screaming and hollering and, you know, prior, prior to being in these roles, I worked in family bakeries and I'm, so I'm very used to that and very thick skin to that. Yeah. Um, but I also realized that, you know, the newer generation of folks coming into the workplace, not so much. They're not um, down for that. You no, know, huh? <laughs> nah, you, you, you really have to, to handle folks with, with a little bit more care and compassion and, and it's not hard to do. You know, it's, you just have to think about it. You know, you got to take a deep breath before you react. Um, Cause we've all found ourselves in some very difficult situations. Um, you know, uh, you, you might lose a, a $10 million customer, um, you know, and, and before you start pointing fingers and screaming and hollering, you gotta, you gotta step back and say, okay, what happened? Why did that happen? And how are we going to go at this? You know, it's, it's a part of business. And so you just, I just try to level set myself when a big problem presents itself and, you know, take some time, sit back, reflect on it before addressing um, the team with it, you know? So it, it's, that's one of the big things, um, you know, because I've, trust me, I've, I've had some folks come at me pretty hard over the years. Okay. And, and like I said, I can take that, but it, there's a lot of people that it's very, um, non-constructive, uh, to say the least. And, and it can take a long time to reverse the effects of one blow up. Right. Um, you know, and, and in today's fast paced world, we don't have time to, to have to take a three month break, fixing something that could have been solved by just taking a, a one day 
great to think it over yourself before you address the problem. Right. It's just like emotional reaction, like something yeah. we just lost a $10 million client. And it's like the first reaction is to just freaking go nuts and go nuts uh, and start pointing fingers, you know, and, and that's excuses, not blame the whole nine yards. Yeah. yeah. So you, 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 go ahead. You're going to say something. No. And I was just going to say it plays into right. What, you know, you're what you're, what you're doing with the next play. It's, you know, you got to think about what is that next play because that one's done. The, the $10 million loss is done. So, you know, what is the next play we're going to, we're going to run. hundred so. percent, man. You're, you're so accurate. And it's like, it's in, we just did, I just did a workshop, uh, not yesterday, but the day before, and just hitting on that key point, which is people believe accountability. Um, and I always, I always talked about responsibility, but I didn't know how to package it. And so people believe accountability is, is holding people responsible for their previous and past decisions. And so the problem with that, it's, 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 it's how we look at, um, accounting, right. And the problem with that is it's, it's very negative. And it's very like, hey, you did this. You shouldn't have did this. You know, here's how you do it next time. This is how most people approach bad scenarios. And it sounds like you approach the scenarios exactly the way that the next play is all about. And it's we we hold people accountable to what's possible for them on their next play. I don't give a damn that they screwed up on the last play. Can we learn from it? 100%. Yep. My role as a leader is I'm going to hold you accountable not just to your next play, but I want to hold you accountable and unlock your potential to what's possible on your next play, right? Absolutely. People's focus is all over the place. They're either focused in the past that all their mistakes, right? Drives morale down, or they're fearing what could happen in the future. Failure, rejection, what people think. And so what the next play does is it brings them right into the present moment. I'm focusing on just the play in front of me. It's like, dude, okay, Roethlisberger walks out onto the field on first and 10 on the first drive. And he's thinking about the fourth quarter, making a final drive to win the game. Like you can't, you can't, but, but people do this every day in business. They're thinking about, Oh my God, like they have a meeting and they're thinking about the meeting at the end of the day. It's like, no bro. Like what's your next play. I'm going to hold you accountable to your potential. What's possible for you on your next play. I don't give a damn about your last play, play number 600, just what's possible for you right now on your next play. That's it. 100%. And that's, I think, like, if, if people can take away the way you did it, it was similar, and it's just like, hey, what can we learn from this, and how do we get you better for, for the next play? And yep. keep you laser focused. Bill Belichick and, you know, the greatest coaches of the world, are they are they thinking about three games or they think about one game week to week. Yeah. You got to go one step at a time. It's week to week. It's play Belichick's play by play game by game week by week. That's it. Laser focus. And I think you've done an amazing job of that with your team. And I mean, to go on a rant, it's your interview, but um, you, you really, you really emphasize that. And I think it's important. So Okay. So you started moving up, you started moving up. Um, how did you make the jump from, let's say, you know, director role to becoming the vice president? Cause J and J snack food, that's a, that's a big company. And you're saying that bakery sales is a third of the company. Is that right? It's close to a third. Yeah. Bro. How did you 
become a vice president? Like, how did you do that? What was that to make that leap? What, uh, tell me the story. Just tell me the story of how. how yeah, so I, I was, I was uh, running the Midwest central region of the country. And um, I, I got a call. I was at a client event and I, I got a call from the CEO of the company that said, Hey, John, what do you think about moving to New Jersey? And I was living in Western PA at the time. It was like, Oh, can I give you a call back in 10 minutes? I got to call the wife before I answer this. <laughs> I know where the priorities lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Happy wife, happy life. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, she's like, is it what you want? And I said, absolutely. And so we went for it and we moved down, down here and I took the role as a senior director and, you know, continued to, to grow uh, in that that was really the, the big leap to leadership of having the whole team report to me and, you know, got to be, it, it got to grow the, the business and the company, the portfolio um, over the next uh, five, six years. Um, and then came the promotion to vice president um, and, and taking on more responsibilities and, you know, more direct um, responsibility for the PNL and all that stuff. So it's uh, it's been an, it's been a very fun ride. We'll, we'll put yeah. it that way to put it simply, but um, you know, the, the team has grown um, over the last several years um, and, and we, we were able to stay really strong throughout COVID. Um, I, I would say that was probably the biggest test of trying to keep a team together <laughs> yeah. uh, that I think anybody listening could attest to that, um, that that was a challenge, you know, the, the quick transition to digital world um, with a, a very mixed, um, a mixed team, you know, uh, spanning across several different uh, generations to, to put it that way, um, you know, but they, they transitioned well and those who had problems came and we worked them out and we figured it out. And, and then we were coming out on the other side of this as a, a very solid group. How did you, so two questions. One is, was there anything in particular that happened where they said, okay, man, you're ready. Let's move you to the VP role. That's one. And then the second question is, how did you, transition your team to digital like how did you because that's a how big is your team actually at this point because when i worked uh, with you guys it was like 12 15 no uh, we were when you worked with us we were probably there were a lot of people in the room that weren't a part of the direct team so yeah it was probably um eight people at that point and we're in the 15 range now so Got it. And are they now what, what the, the people that are under you, what's, are they direct salespeople or are they managers? Walk me through. They're, kind of what they're managers at the director levels um, that are reporting up. Uh, they, they manage pretty large regions and large portfolios of customers um, with some support in teams in there and then uh, broker networks. Got it. So they all have salespeople under them. Sales or support. Yeah. Sales or support. Okay. And are they, cause they're not actually doing the sales at this point. Well, they, they were very, okay. we're a very boots on the ground organization. Um, gotcha. so, you know, I mean, I, I go and do a lot of direct myself still to this day. Oh, really? Um, I feel like I have to keep that connection with our customer base to, 
I, I like to be out there and experience what my team's experiencing. So I, I can, I know exactly what the challenges are they're facing. Dude, that right there is everything. How many people teach people how to do things, but they're not actually doing it themselves. Yep. So you're staying fresh and in the moment and in the game by doing it yourself while continuing to coach, lead, and manage others to do the same. Yeah, I try to keep a face in front of the customer. And and there is nothing that, you know, one of the big things that I do um, that may be a little non-traditional is I don't, I never go in and undermine my team. Um, you know, you, you're facing a hard challenge with a customer. And I always empower my team to make the decisions. And if I empower them to do that, and then the customer calls because of my involvement and they think they can get a different answer from me mm -hmm. um, because they may not like it or you know, they were hoping for a different answer, um, I very rarely will change my stance on it. It's because I've empowered my team to be the decision maker in front of our customers. So, you know, if I send them in, a customer can call me, but they're going to get the same answer. Got it. Congruency, man. That's, that's powerful because then your team, they respect you too. They're like, if I make a decision and do something, I know that John's going to, is going to have my back and be got their back. And, and to the point, you know, it, there's been some wrong decisions made, but I've got their back and we just correct it moving forward. You know, right. um, next play. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Okay, cool. So real quick, how did you transition your team? you know, director level, what's the age range? Uh, I've got thirties to upper sixties. I was going <laughs> to say, I know you've got, I remember you, cause that's one of the things we talked about. You're like, dude, I just want to let you know, like I've got people in their mid sixties. So, yeah. um, okay, cool. So they're solid performers and you know, they've been with me a long time. I, you know, I, I'd go to battle with them. How did you make the transition you got 30 year gap <laughs> how did you inspire motivate your team to make this transition to be honest with you i had a lot of fun with it in the beginning i mean zoom and teams and and some of those things it it enabled a lot of fun too right you know whether it was a background whether it was a video it was a you know, even before anybody knew there were backgrounds, I was already on Amazon and ordered backdrops and I had different stuff that I would just do to incorporate some fun into the, the daily calls. Because when this thing was first started, I mean, you didn't have a choice. It was daily. There were yeah. daily updates, hourly updates, whether it was internal, external. Um, so on the internal ones, I just tried to have a lot of fun with it to, to drive them to, they were almost coming to see what kind of shenanigans I was bringing to the meeting <laughs> and, and just have their involvement. And then they all know that I am pretty computer savvy and um, software savvy. And, you know, so they, they've all known that they can come to me. Um, they don't have to feel uncomfortable and go to IT or, something like that to figure something out and you know i'm happy to try to train them and and teach them um you know whether it's directly job related or not job related i i try to be as accessible and open to the team to to help grow in whatever aspect of their life they need 
Um, so the, to get them to digital, it was, there were some challenges, but it was more time constraint challenges because, you know, you had to help walk some people through some things. Um, but they, they grasped it. I mean, and I was, as I said, I am very blunt and upfront with things too. You know, I pretty much told everybody that this is the future. And so we either, I need to know if you're on the bus or if you're getting off at the next stop, Yeah. You know? Um, because it, that I can't change where the world's going. Right. And so, you know, I, I will help you get through any obstacle, but if you're not down for it, you know, we just need to be honest with each other now. And I think, I think there's a lot of, unfortunately, leaders who aren't, that don't have the, uh, the ability to to make that statement. Like you're you're in or out, man. Like I'll do everything in my power to get you up to speed, but I gotta I gotta know. Like, are you in or are you out? Sometimes yeah. you get so fearful of like, oh my god, if I say that, well, you're gonna lose the person anyways. They're not gonna do it anyways. So you might yeah. as well find out. Is that kind of your mindset around that? Yeah, absolutely. But but that's also why I said I would go to war with this team. You know, this team has been so solid and. And I feel like as much as I care and love for them to continue to grow, I feel like they, it reciprocates and they would do anything to ensure the success, you know, and to ensure that I continue to grow, you know? So I feel like it's, it's really a back and forth between us, you know, that I may be the leader on paper, but, those guys inspire me and, and push me every day too. Got it. I think that's huge, man. It's just like allowing yourself to be in a position where, where first of all, you're doing what your team, what you're wanting your team to do. You're actually doing the sales and the leading, which is what you want them to do. You're, you're saying I'll be there for you at any step of the way. If you're having trouble, you don't have to go to it. You don't have to, to do that. I mean, I just, I think there's a lot of people out there that get themselves into a leadership role and they're like, I'm only going to do this. Whereas the way you were able to get through it is you're like, I'm going to do what you're doing. I'm going to lead the way that I want you to lead. And I'm going to be here every step of the way for you to get it. Now, with that being said, because I'm doing all those things, you either get on the bandwagon and we're going to go at this thing and be the strongest team in the company or, It ain't, we're, we ain't, then I can't fly with you. And I yeah. think, but you came at it with the approach where I'm going to do all of this for you. Are you with me? Versus this is the way it is. Are you with me? There's a big, there's a big difference with that, right? Yeah, there definitely is, you know, because we've all experienced the other in our lives, you know, uh, at some point. And, and that goes back to when I said, I, you know, I try to pick out, I think every single human being has something to offer. It might not always be positive, but you can take, there's a teaching moment in every single person that you meet Mm -hmm. and you, you can pick something, whether it's good or bad, it's something you want to be or something you want to make sure you never are. And that's, that's what I try to do. John, do you try to coach your team versus just like managing is mandatory important, but do you also try and like, coach your team try to lift them up try to you know there's a difference between managing and coaching right do you you see that difference and do you feel like you do both and if so how do you go about doing it 
I do. Um, you know, and I really try to, you know, sometimes they look at it and they think, well, why are you making, asking me to do this or why? And really it's a part of the coaching of it to, to try to change or make sure that they're looking things from different angles and not getting into that tunnel vision view um, and just step back and look at it a little bit differently because we all can be guilty of it. You know, I, I find myself get trapped into some sort of a routine or something and then something hits me and I, I'm like, what am I doing? Why? You know, and, you know, so I, I try to be there for them to help just kind of throw that signal a little earlier and, and coach them to, to be on the watch out and make sure that you look at it from several different angles um, whenever they're looking at things. So it's, uh, it's been good. It's been really good. Different perspective. Right. That's what coaches bring to the table is like, people are like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to just do it on my own. I'm not going to, I don't want to be coached. I don't want to be, I just want to be managed. Like, dude, you're missing out on like different perspective and speed. Right. Like you said, you moved up that chain because you had mentors, right? Mentors, whatever coaches, mentors, same thing. It it collapses timeframes. It's like, here's how I did it. Here's what works. Do that. (laughs) And then you do it and then it works. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, there, there's a lot of times that the team is doing the coaching back because, you know, when I, if I, if I'm trying to coach them and they I give them the angle and they come back with a, but, you know, and I listen, that might be the right play. You know, I mean, <laughs> we're looking at the playbook together and, you know, I might have a perspective, but every once in a while there's an aha, you know, I am never going to say that I've always got the best or, you know, the brightest of the ideas they you grow when they come from the team belichick and brady used to have a meeting every single week where they discussed what their top plays are going to be belichick didn't have that meeting by himself yep (laughs) brady didn't have that meeting by they had them together and they got each other's input and that's how they came up with these insane game plans that they just freaking couldn't lose. And I'm uh, willing to bet that before that meeting, Gronk and all the other guys were meeting with Brady. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta bring it all to the table. So that's, that's like, if we were to look at like your secrets, maybe not secrets, but people don't look at it that way. Um, and I, and I, just from my point of view, I think that's, that's definitely a huge part of why you moved up so fast and we're able to stick with one company and do it, which is a whole nother conversation in itself. Um, but in, in sake of time, I want to, I want to jump into your, your, yourself, your performance, your health, your body, um, you know, take me from, you were looking at the scale, you're almost 370 pounds, what was going through your mind in regards to your life, your team? Like, where were you at? Uh, you know, it, listen, COVID wasn't easy on anybody. Um, right. And, you know, just going through the motions of that. I, I had been 360 to 365 pounds for the past 15, 20 years. And, you know, I lost my father at age 63. Um to heart attack and a, a slew of other health problems, um, you know, and, and I never really was putting it into perspective. And as I'm getting older, you know, it's 48 now, um, 
you know, so it was right at that, not long after 47th birthday, I got on that scale last Christmas and I saw 368 pounds, 368 and a half. And I'm like, I'm not going to see 370. I'm not, I got to do something about this. I love my family. I love my job. I love my team. You know, I gotta, I gotta do something. This is for me. And, you know, I honestly didn't realize how terrible I felt, uh, until now. Um, but, you know, I, I put my mind to it and like everybody else, I said, I set that January 1st is my date. Um, and, and I thought, you know, this will be a joke to everybody because everybody starts their diet January 1st. Right. Yep. And I said, but, but that's part of what drives me is when people tell me it's impossible or you can't, you know, it's going to be a fad or whatever. I'm like, I like to prove people wrong. Um, challenges. So, you like challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I went. I went at it for me. It was, it was something clicked in my head and, and I said, I'm going all in. And, you know, I, I got in about a month and a half of it and I started to really feel the changes, you know, after I, cause I was losing an average of a pound and a half to three pounds a day. Cause you had so much water weight and excess in your body that it was like in the beginning, it probably went crazy fast. It went, it went, stupid fast. Um, you know, and, and I was, I was really starting to feel the change and I'm like, all right, I'm into this. And, and then when I got into late February, I'm like, all right, this is going to be my lifestyle. And, you know, um, the way I was eating, you know, I was eat, making sure that it was high protein, um, low carbs and no added sugars and things like that. Um, you know, I have, I, we joke around my house that I'm coming up on one year clean from pop or soda as most people call it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, people are proud about the alcohol, but I'm proud about that. Cause I used to drink a six pack of Sprite every day. Um, oh, you know, yeah. and that was a ton of sugar and, and chemicals and things going into my body that, you know, when I got to that pure diet, the, the feeling in my body was unbelievable. And, like I said, I didn't realize how terrible I felt every day. And, and as I look back, it was translating out into, you know, how I looked at other people and how I perceived work and everything else. And, and it's just like, it's opened my mind and, and just to what's possible. Yeah. And I just, there's no turning back, you know, it, once I got down to, I was down 111 pounds and my wife's like, you're stopping, you're done, you know? And I'm like, we got to figure something out because I can't be done. Like I, I am not changing my, my routine. It's, it's habit now. And it feels good. You know, I was riding my bike 75 miles a week, um, at least outdoors. And, you know, I said, I, you know, I guess I have to change my eating habits a little bit. I'm going to have to have more intake or something because I, you know, I wanted to go until my body said no, but when the wife says no, so it, we're working on that. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get to my goal eventually. Um, but I, I got to, what do is it. that? What, it, what is it? Is it six pack? Is it just like look in the mirror and just be like, dude, I'm a freaking beast. Like, what is the, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, it, yeah, that really, you know, that part doesn't really matter uh, so much. It's I, 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 th I want to get down probably to the, 325 330 range at some point or uh, 220, sorry, two, yeah. 225 235 hey i've been saying 300 for so many years i just got to get it out of my head <laughs> literally every time i've asked you're like three i'm like wait what yeah that was, why that i number? graduated high school at 275 
Dude, that's nuts. So I, I'm at 257 now. So I'm lower than when I graduated high school. Um, at 48 what, what, years why old, 225? So. Where, where do you, why that number? I don't, just, I can't even remember the last time I weighed that. I, I, I really can't. I mean, it's, it, listen, going way back to playing midget football, Richie. <laughs> you know, we, we had, we had the, the, the pups, the Lobos and the Wolfpack, right? I played yeah. on the Wolfpack my entire career Yeah, because my size and my weight, I could never play the smaller ones regardless. Cause at my, that age, I was that size. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's just, I've just got a goal of that in my head. Um, you know, for the first time in my adult life, I bought a size XL shirt <laughs> It wasn't a two XL, three XL, or you know, so it was pretty exciting. But you know, for me, it's not so much about the size or the appearance. Um, it's about how I feel. You know, I yeah. I have not taken taken one painkiller, um, not one cough drop, uh, nothing this entire year. Uh, we're coming up on a full year that I will not have touched one one thing like that. Okay, how did you how did you stick to it? Right, like what kept you Obviously you had a, you had a COVID happened. You realized, you know, my dad, passed. sorry, I, condolences to you about your, your dad as well. I mean, your dad passed away, heart attack, your, COVID came around, which, which really did attack obesity and diabetics, diet, people with diabetes. Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a force, a driving force, but what kept you in the game? right? You hit roadblocks. It's not just perfect all the time, right? You, you probably had times where you had cravings and you had like, how did you stick to it? What, if you had to choose one or two things, like, you know, like tangible things that someone else may be able to do, what, what do you feel you did to stick to it? It was absolutely making it a routine. Um, I think that that is the, probably the biggest thing is to, you have to set a regimen and, and you have to maintain that, you know, and, and having a support person um, of sorts, you know, my wife was my sidekick. My wife goes down every single morning and goes through the same workout with me. We go, we take the dogs for a walk. That's you know, big. You know, That's like yeah. accountability right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there were a few days where I was like, oh, man, she's like, Oh, we got to go and vice versa, you know? And, and we've really just held each other accountable to going down. Uh, and, and as we've talked, you know, the, the lifting is a smidge of the whole thing. And I apologize if you're hearing, okay. background. <laughs> um, you know, you got, you've got to stick to that, you know, and it's a piece but that piece is a building block for the regimen and yeah. the, to the routine and habit building. Um, you know, when, when I would feel like I was getting hungry or I was feeling like I was going to go open that refrigerator door, I buckled the dogs up and we went for a walk. Um, you know, and I just did not sit on the couch, you know, any, when you had, when I had those feelings that were going to send me towards, something that was normal or comfortable. I had something else in mind that I, I would do instead. So, you know, if I felt like I was getting tired and I wanted to sit down on the couch and it was six 30 at night, it was, Nope, I'm going to head out to the garage and I'm going to work on something, or I'm going to go out in the yard and I'm going to work on something. Um, or I'm going to take the dogs. You know, I found other things to replace, to break normal 
and, and keep that uncomfortableness there. And now there's just days she looks at me and says, can you just please sit down for a minute? You know, <laughs> I, you know, there's, there's always something to do and life's too short, you know, so I want to get it done. I have something for you. So, so I have right here, uh, I don't know, let me see if you can see it. This is a large, okay? So okay. I gave away all my XLs. So when you're 225, this should fit you. It's pretty big. It's a big size. But you got your next play in the front, and you got your what, how, when, go on the back. So this will be your 225. So when go we get on. off, I'll have you send me your address. We get the head over to you. <laughs> but, hey, dude, you got, like, that's, that's a challenge. Like, I want, and you know, however long, bro. You're going to take a picture in this sh shirt because you could definitely be 225, 230 in the shirt and yeah. then post it. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Fair enough. That's cool. Give you a challenge. Yeah. I'll tell the wife, Richie said I had to do it. <laughs> hey, it's like, it's here. Like, I don't know what to do, man. But no, you're absolutely right. Habits, routine, schedule. And when you have cravings, when you have times where you're like, you start going down the tube, it's like, next play, go. Yeah. Which is for you, buckle up the dogs. Let's go. It's like, yeah. I can't, you know, anytime you're in a state of defeat, frustration, uh, addiction, it's like, boom, nope, next play, go. What, how, when, go. That's kind of the model. So, dude, all, all summer awesome. long, you know, people are getting in the pool. And, you know, before I get in the pool, I said, oh, I could have a reason to get in the pool. And I'd go ride 15 miles and then come home and jump in the pool, you know, um, just tried to always make, make there be a reason to, to relax freaking nuts i love it bro i love this you're, you're you are freaking relentless um let's wrap with this how did you transition obviously this probably made an impact i mean i could be wrong it's probably made an impact on your team uh it probably made an impact on your performance and yourself as a leader um did it and if so walk me through what that impact was you know it, i i i'd like to think that it it starts with it was a good health impact for the team you know there were several members of the team who kind of got inspired by it i would say and and they they took things into their own hands and and i helped coach them through that piece and that's where where i mentioned that you know to be there for them whether it was work related or personal or whatever however i can be there for them because they're on the team so you know we we talked through a lot when we traveled together, we walked together, we worked out together. We, you know, and we held each other accountable on the road, um, as well, um, uh, through that. So, you know, it kind of resonated out and some other folks decided that they wanted to be healthier. Uh, a couple of the guys that you met, you know, and you, you saw us as a group, <laughs> I would say you could tell that we all sold snack foods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes. Um, you know, the, several members of the team have made some really good positive changes uh, as well. And, you know, I, I think it brought us closer together, too, um, in a lot of ways and opened up a lot of conversations and and things. Um, so. That's awesome, man. It, it So, dude, so many things ha like happening there. Performance was increased. Your relationships were increased. Trust was increased. And you're making an impact on people that maybe would have been much harder to do. Um, but it started with, Hey, I, you know, John, dude, how are you doing this? You help them there. And then they're like, man, Hey, can you help me in this area and this area? Um, 
And the I mean, backwards that's... accountability is is great. You know, as a leader, it's uncomfortable whenever you have your team trying to hold you accountable while you're holding them accountable. But it it kind of opened a door there that was it was challenging but fun. You know, um, to have that backwards accountability as well. Freaking, it's amazing, dude. I, I like. I, I know so many people are gonna take away a lot from that. Do you have like a system or a process? that you use consistently across the board, right? Cause like consistency is the name of the game, right? Like, is there something that you have in place consistently with your team? Do you meet with them weekly? Do you do uh, team huddles weekly or individual one-on-ones weekly to have that sense of accountability? Or is it something that you do more ad hoc? Like, how do you, how do you go about doing that? I would say it's a little more ad hoc because it's, I have the open door with the team. Um, so yep. I, I talk to everybody on the team at least once or twice every week. Um, but we have a bi-weekly um, team meetings because I, I have a couple different teams for different segments of the business. And Got so I break, I break them into those segments, but then occasionally we will have a, a complete, you know, division huddle um, to get there. I, I will say that, one of my goals is to get a more disciplined one-on-one um, where it's less ad hoc and it's more of them being able to speak to me um, and, and dump on my plate what, what they're struggling with, what they need. So that is a, a 2022 goal that's on my list um, for me to grow and, and do better for them. Beautiful. I love it, man. Um... And I think that's, that's really smart and really powerful. You know, one thing I've, I learned just, and during the pandemic, we grew the, our, our online coaching, not what, what I'm doing with corporate, but in the fitness space, um, we basically had nine X the revenue in 11 months. And we did that by doing one-on-ones. And this is kind of what we teach now, which is like, the second I walked into that meeting, my coach taught me this. He's like, dude, the first thing I want you to say in your one-on-ones with your team, like, so we have a full sales team now is I work for you. What can I do to provide you better systems, better processes, um, whatever to make you more successful? How can I make you more successful? Like I'm working for you right now. And that mindset shift as a leader, like made like, they were like, what? Like, I, like they looked at me and they're like, like, they're, they're just like in shock. And then it was like, well, you know, if we change this script, it'd be good. And if you could help me with this system and process and this objection and this, and I was like, and then we got somewhere, we made so much progress in such a short period of time that during the pandemic, you know, we went from very small amount of revenue to multiple seven figure run rate in a very short period of time, because because of just that one switch in the mind. And it sounds to me like that's, that's something that you've, you've done. And now in 2022, you're really incorporating is like, you've always been, I want you to hold me accountable. How do I make you better? And now you're just really putting it into a, a process. Is that kind of what I'm. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, one man can build a house, right? He can lay a hundred bricks a day. If you get 10 people all lined up, now you're laying a thousand bricks a day. The house is going to go up a lot faster. So, you know, it's just try to, the more you can bring that team together, the better off we are, you know, and, and the accountability is a huge part of it. So your next play for your team is set. I love it. 2022. Let's go. 
How about for you, John? What, what's your next play, man? What, what do you, you know, you're, you're VP, you're crushing it. You've completely changed your body. Your, you, your, your, I'm sure your income has, has, has also been a part of that. Like what, what's your next play, man? I am working on my next play. Well, <laughs> I, I, I definitely uh, have my next play in my mind. Um, I, I'm not sure that I'm ready to openly share my next play. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. So, but yes, it's, I am, I am ready to push to the uncomfortable again. Uh, so uh, it's going to be something uncomfortable. I can promise that. <laughs> And one of them is going to be fitting into this, right? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, John, I'm so glad to have you on. Um, for those of you uh, listening, I, I got the pleasure to work with John a couple years ago, and um, he's continued to grow to levels that are, are, are really, really powerful, not only in his business, but also in his personal life and his life and his health. And, um, you know, I hope everybody here took a lot from it. So appreciate you taking the time to uh, connect and share your story. Absolutely. I appreciate the time, Richie. And, you know, I, I truly do appreciate the time you spent with us and the team. And it was impactful. Um, and I think it's very impactful that we've stayed in touch over the, the last couple of years since that time and, and look forward to, to keeping it that way. Absolutely, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Play Podcast. If you liked the show, make sure to leave us a review. For more resources, visit relentlessuniversity.com or download the free Relentless University app. And if you're interested in having me speak at your next event, visit relentlessrichie.com. Until next time.